Hi, and welcome to Take Every Thought Captive, our weekly look at the Catholic intellectual tradition and an exploration of the authors, books, and topics that have shaped Catholic thinking for 2,000 years. My name is Jason Gale, and I'm joined this week by Dr. Benjamin Smith, our lecturer in philosophy here at Catholic Studies Academy. And today, before we get started, I want to invite all our listeners, please uh, hit that subscribe button, hit that like button, please share this content with all your friends and family. Uh, And as you'll see today, what we want to uh, look at is why is philosophy necessary? We want to look at kind of the, the, the necessity of it. Many times, you know, when we think about the necessities of life, we think about food, clothing, shelter, money, things like that, things that make the, the, the externals of life and, and even the, the, the interior life um, possible, right? But one of the things that is so important that we also have to look at are what are the necessities of the spiritual life? What are the necessities of uh, the, the interior life of man? Um, and we, particularly the question we want to look at and answer today is, you know, why is it necessary, especially for, and this is true for all human persons, why is it necessary to pursue wisdom? Uh, this is this is what we want to cover, and it's something that I think is becoming, uh, I think, even a, a more more imperative uh, today because um, there's a lot of issues that divide us, and we have to be able mm-hmm. to speak clearly about them. Mm-hmm. We have to be able to speak intelligently about them, and uh, I think we also have to, you know, it, it really forms the, the the basis of civil dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think that's one of the biggest things that we suffer from now is just we don't have the ability to talk to the other person um, because it always, you know, uh, you know, quickly goes to ad hominem uh, <laughs> attacks or, you know, you know, we, we quickly put everything into binary choices. Right. You either hate grandma or <laughs> whatever the other whatever the other option is like, like there's, you know, or you're Hitler or you're this other mm. option like. Like, no, we got, we have to think better about these things. And that's, that's one of our primary goals here at Catholic Studies Academy uh, is to help, help us think uh, uh, better and more deeply about, about all sorts of issues. Um, but we have to have those, the, those tools to do that. And so today, Dr. Smith is going to take us through kind of the, the necessity of philosophy for life. Um, uh, so, you know, uh, Dr. Smith, uh, kick us off here. Um, where, where's, where's, where, where do we even begin with, with a topic as big as this? Well, thank, uh, uh, thank you, Jason. It's always good to begin with, uh, um, you know, one of our sort of uh, wise guides, right? One of our, yeah. uh, uh, one of the people who can sort of point us in the right direction. Uh, and so uh, I think it's always uh, nice to begin uh, with Socrates when you can. Uh, and here with the topic of why philosophy right, is necessary for life uh socrates is very helpful you know socrates um it wasn't the first western philosopher but he's generally recognized as being you know sort of maybe the most important to really inaugurate the philosophical tradition that we have yeah. and you know he was a man uh of the city you know he was very he wasn't actually the sage on the hill uh he was uh very deeply involved in athenian life um in fact, you know, uh, we know that he was um, had been uh, was a decorated uh, war hero, actually, uh, um, uh, for the Athenian side in the war with Sparta. Um, and you know, it was, and, and as big as Athens was, you know, in the um, in classical Greece, it wasn't so big that they didn't know people knew who Socrates was, right? Yeah. Um, and um, you know, he had a reputation, uh, and 
uh, you know, for all sorts of reasons, good and bad, depending on who you were. Um, but, you know, one of the things he emphasized in his teaching over and over again, and I remember this is one of those things that just stuck with me when I first encountered philosophy as an undergraduate, was a claim that the unexamined life is not worth living. Yeah, that's uh, good. That again, yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a classic maxim. The unexamined life is not worth living. Um, that's, a, you know, that's meant to be sort of... Uh, um, provocative, uh, right? Yeah, yeah, a little provocative. <laughs> yeah, it's meant to needle you, right? And actually, yeah. that's a lot of what Socrates did, you know, in his own work. He would needle, you know, sort of... The, he, he moved. Oddly enough, he wasn't an aristocrat himself, but he moved often among the upper echelons of Athenian society and was very often, you know, with uh, either kind of men who were in their middle-aged and kind of successful mm -hmm. or very bold and confident youth, young men, right? He would interact with those, those two groups and, you know, show them very often that, that their lives and their thoughts about their lives were not, um, not as sharp and clear as they thought they were, right? You know, so very yeah. often, you know, he's, he's really focused in on, on on life right um yeah you know in terms of of how we live and why we should live certain ways and why we should not and he says very clearly he says you know i can think of nothing better for myself or for the city than to always be asking what is the best sort of life and how we can be the best sort of men you know and and, he, and pressing right these either aspiring youth right young men or these successful men uh, to examine themselves and examine their lives and examine their ideas about what does it mean to be a good man, a better man? What does it mean to live well? Right. Um, and pressing yeah. them on those points. Yeah. That was one of the, the, the first things that I remember when first, you know, being introduced to Socrates and a lot of the ancients and stuff that, you know, you have this idea of philosophy in your head that it's just mm -hmm. a bunch of dudes in like ivory towers right, with pipes right. and like you know wonderful <laughs> bourbon and things like that just there's nothing wrong with that up, either <laughs> yeah i mean yeah, yeah, no offense but but just like conjuring up ideas for the sake sure. of conjuring up ideas you know whereas but 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 the ancients um they were they were deep thinkers and but but philosophy was very much connected to the practical it was very much connected to real life it wasn't just mm -hmm. you know uh, you know, looking at, you know, um, Marx's, you know, philosophy of nature or something like that. You know, it wasn't mm -hmm. really trying to like dive at things that that were, were seeming that way. It, it was very practical. It right. was, you know, how can I, like you said, how can I be a better person? What is goodness? Mm -hmm. You know, what is truth? What is, mm -hmm. what is, what is being, right. you know, looking at all these different things. So, I mean, it's, it's super practical mm -hmm. uh, with regards to why why we need to examine our lives so i mean when we think about it don't think about it as just you know oh it's just you know sitting around thinking about things no 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 it's it's very practical it has That's deep right. effects yeah and uh, think, in your life yeah i think that that mac you're right jason i think that that maxim um uh the unexamined life right uh i mean he's telling you there you know he's he's, he's putting a fine point on it right he's saying look yeah you need to examine your life you need to not live a life that's unexamined right rather you need to live an examined life now i think for socrates that doesn't mean you know trying to find your inner self or something like that <laughs> right <laughs> yeah we talked mean, about that <laughs> that's right, yeah. but it does mean reflecting on your life and and the principles and ideas um uh that guide your life um yeah 
and I think that that is, you know, I think Socrates is right, um, that that is a real necessity for a human being, for a man, um, uh, for a variety of reasons, but mainly because, fun, most fundamentally because um, uh, of human nature itself, <laughs> right? Yeah. That is, you know, we're not badgers or birch trees, right? We are human beings. We're rational animals, right? Uh, and as such, right, we, we exist in a way that demands examination, right? Yeah. If we're going to be true to ourselves and true to our own nature. Um, you know, Aristotle has another great line. It's at the very beginning of the metaphysics. Students of Aristotle, I'm sure will remember this. Uh, that all men by nature desire to understand or desire to know. Yeah. Um, you know, we just are the kinds of things that make up ideas and definitions and form judgments, right? Uh, whether we like it or not, it's interesting. You know, it's uh, we do have opinions, right? Just go to Facebook if you disbelieve <laughs> me, right? <laughs> or don't go to Facebook, but whatever. Yeah. The uh, you know we're you know we have opinions and we have questions that force themselves upon us on a regular basis, especially given, you know, um, all the knowledge we have from use of news media or all the things that, uh, you know, sure. are, are brought to our attention uh, by the news media. You know, the way I like to put it to my, my students is that, you know, um, one way to think about this is just to recognize that life is full of questions, right? It's yeah. full of questions and full of choices. And we all know that, right? It only takes a minute to step back and say, yeah, it is. I mean, just think about everything right in front of us, right? Will you get the vaccine or will you not get the vaccine? Will yeah. you, uh, you know, I just struck me that if anybody w listens to this five years from now, they don't, may not remember what I'm talking about. <laughs> Anyways, yeah. Will you get the vaccine? Will you not? Will you wear a mask? Will you not? Uh, what should we do about uh, the withdrawal of troops in Afghanistan? As if that mattered to my day-to-day -day life, but nevertheless, yeah. you know, like things like that. And then, you know, uh, what kind of job should I pursue should I report this unethical procedure that I think is going on at a certain institution, maybe all the, like every day, right. You know, yeah. who should you date? Should you get married? Should you stay married? You know, we're questions arise before us, right. And choices arise before us. I mean, that's a fair assessment, isn't it, Jason? Yeah. And, and, the, and the big thing is that a lot of the, a lot of the questions that are put before us are not, you know, two plus two is four. They're more, they're more along the lines of like calculus. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you got to have some, you got to have mm. some, uh, uh, some prerequisites to be able to confidently and rightly find the, the, the right answer in these, right. in these situations, you know, you can't simply, uh, go, you know, I mean, if, if my wife and I, if we lived our marriage based on our feelings, Mm -hmm. Well, that would be a horrible marriage and it mm -hmm. probably wouldn't last very long if we just went <laughs> off of our feelings and, you know, okay, so that's going to be our guide. You know, no, no, like we have to have, there has to be, you know, certain principles established, mm -hmm. uh, uh, you know, and this is why, you know, in the church of sacramental order and everything, you know, we have the questions of intent. There's, you know, all these, all these things that need to be present for the sacrament to take place. But, but I mean, like th those things have to be established. You can't simply... Right. Uh, just go into and looking at these things. Otherwise, you're going to make bad decisions. That's I mean, right. That's just that's right. That's just it. And and the other thing with that is, you know, you could probably like skate through parts of parts of your life. Oh, sure. Without yeah. without having to think uh, very deal deeply. With, yeah. Yeah. To to deal with these things, but we usually call that like adolescence. 
mm. right? <laughs> but once you become an adult and things, mm. like there's like there's 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 going to be questions that are that you're going to have to deal with that it's not mm. going to be a simple answer. You're going to deal with them over time, and you're going to think about them over time, right? Um, and they're going to be more important than other questions. That's right. right? Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, that's the other thing that that I think people need to, uh, you know, really really take to heart that they're that they're you know some questions are more important than others that's right yeah uh, we exactly. have to and we have to put them in the in the 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 right order we have to you know um address them in a in a realistic sober mm. sober way right uh, yeah the, yeah i mean so you can say like life is full of questions right um and, but then amongst those some maybe are more trivial than others right yeah you know, um you know exactly what shirt you're gonna wear or something like that you know i mean obviously that's not a you know that's not a, a, a super important but there are super important questions right uh, as you say uh, as you said uh, some questions matter more than others these are the kinds of questions that traditionally have been called um, ultimate questions right yeah uh, within the literature uh, and you know some people don't like that phrase but i think it's so so useful actually yeah um the the ultimate questions sometimes called the perennial questions um they're they are the kinds of questions that shape one's life right yeah yeah the kinds of questions that shape a culture that that create a whole country and its whole sort of trajectory right um you know is is man morally depraved or not right by the like by his birth that's a that's a question that shapes your whole worldview right sure you know if you're a christian you know you you believe that man is corrupt right i mean it's a it's a fundamental christian position right is yeah. that we think that human nature is corrupted right it's not entirely destroyed but it's bent right it's it's messed up right and that's a you know that's something that distinguishes us from other uh, other religions right yeah or even or even just secular culture which simply says so, well everybody's basically good that's right you know you right. hear that you hear that all that time okay sure. so i mean that's a, that's a that's a big fundamental distinction Absolutely. between between two views so i mean how do you you know so you have those people that say well okay you know man is basically good mm -hmm. okay how how are we going to how are we going to to talk to this person mm -hmm. uh, to show them that that's not the case to right. you know and this is again like what you're saying those those ultimate questions that's okay right. so yes, they say yes. you know man is fundamentally good okay what is good right. you know and this yeah, is sure. and, th and like you said this is what this is what uh, uh, Socrates did that's um, right yeah you know he he would he would needle them and he would poke them uh -huh. and for yeah, those yeah that's right yeah yeah absolutely yeah go ahead, and, and, and for those and for those listening um you know we're in the middle of the 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 cancel culture go back and read the death of socrates mm -hmm. he was like probably the, the the first one that was ultimately <laughs> canceled uh because they didn't like what he was saying and so they just mm -hmm. killed him that's right um, yeah so <laughs> yeah, yeah he, he he challenged your ideas about justice and justice is one of yeah. those things right that's an ultimate question i mean right now so with their own political uh debates and so forth going on sure. you know in the background this is the thing that's that both as a philosopher is 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 both highly annoying but also confirms the thesis or the premise anyways over and over again right is you know you see these all these angry debates about what should <laughs> or should not be the case whether yeah. it be with respect to uh, race, gender, you know, or what's going on in Afghanistan, et cetera. But so rarely do we back up and ask, you know, what do you mean by should? <laughs> what do you yeah. mean by, like, wh why is this the good thing to do? 
Why is this just? What is justice? Why should we be just? There's a whole book written on that. It's called The Republic, right? <laughs> and uh, it's and it's a it's an amazing text. Those are ultimate questions, right? In the sense that the way you answer those questions mm-hmm. determines how you answer other questions, right? Yeah. You know, so if you say you decide to live your life according to pleasure, you know, what's good, what's good is for me to enjoy myself. Well, that's going to answer other questions, you know, like you were talking about marriage earlier. Well, my marriage is no longer pleasant when it becomes too unpleasant. Sure. And I'll just end it, you know, Uh, and maybe when my life becomes too unpleasant, I'll just end it. Right. Um, You know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, That's good. Your, your answer about something like, say, what is the good? right yeah uh, or what's the ultimate criteria for truth or things like that that's going to determine the way you answer other questions and make other choices right yeah exactly if you, if you affirm right the existence of god affirm the immortality of the soul that's going to that's going to affect the way you think and live the way you regard all sorts of other questions and relationships and decisions you know whether or not you're going to have coffee this morning or you're going to you know choose vanilla ice cream that's not you know that that's not that's not life shaping or culture forming. Right. Whereas your decisions about the soul and God (laughs) and justice, those are life uh, shaping and culture forming. Yeah. And I think, I think one of the, the, the sad things is many times we, we quickly, we quickly get to the, 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 well, philosophy is about practical life and in real life and things like that. Many times when we're thinking about these things, we immediately go to, this example of uh, uh, applying justice, whereas we need to step back and, and answer right. those questions. What is justice? That's right. That's um, right. You know, what is, uh, what is the good? How do I, how do I even determine yeah. what is good? That's you right. know, mm-hmm. um, cause it, in, in the, you know, and many times we like to, you know, our secular society likes to either oversimplify things or, or, or simply just put things on a platitude, you know, mm. um, Whereas no, we it's important for us, uh, you know, to to make distinctions. It's important right. for us to 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 examine the thing that's before us, uh, um, so that we make the right decision. The, the the example I always use with uh, my high school kids is, you know, when we talk about you know love or we talk about mm-hmm. things like that. Well, you know, I love chocolate and um, <laughs> I love my dog. Um, you know and the 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 limits the limitations of the love are based upon the object right, of right. love right so it would but it would be wrong for me to share my love of chocolate with my uh with my dog right but, <laughs> but because why because of the nature of a dog right i have right. To, i have to understand this so i mean there, there there's we have to we have to be able to examine even even if it's like a silly example like that mm-hmm. um it's important for us to to go through those mental exercises to to find those distinctions, uh, so that we can um, speak correctly, so that we can act correctly, mm-hmm. uh, and and like you said, really begin to to form those solid positions that that those are going to be the principles that we stand on. We're we're uh, we're going to be just because we understand what justice is. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that that does is it doesn't make every moral decision a pickup game of basketball, right? Where where yeah. we where you where you just have to start over 
uh, with every example and every encounter of, sure. of, of that, you know, which I think yeah. a lot of people, that's, that's how they, that's how they operate. And that's why mm. many times the default position is your feelings. That's right. Um, that's right. They haven't thought it through. Right. So they don't have a right. stable, a stable sort of, uh, judgment about what's good or what is just right. And, and really that's, you know, um, it's important to have that, uh, because it affects your life, right? Yeah. Uh, the way you think like you're, the way you think about justice, the way you think about the good um, affects your life. That's true of all of these ultimate questions, right? And mm-hmm. and over the you know um, over the centuries, philosophers I think have done a good job, uh, more or less, <laughs> of you know recognizing that these ultimate questions, really any almost any question, but all these the, these ultimate questions kind of resolve themselves into kind of three groups, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can, this is, I think, a good way to, to approach and think about it for yourself, right? When you're sure. thinking, when you're examining yourself, right? Um, is that uh, the, these, the ultimate questions can be divided into questions about goodness, questions about mm-hmm. reality, and questions about truth, right? Yeah. So you could say, you know, the good um, uh, being um, and truth, right? That those are the three ultimate, like, sort of met, like, categories right sure you know and uh you know somebody if somebody was to dispute me and say oh that's not true well and they would give me an argument well they would actually just be feeding into my thesis right because <laughs> they would be arguing about what's true yeah you know what i'm saying right so uh and and talking about what's real right so really these are inescapable just because of the way the human nature again is set up right yeah, uh, yeah, it's, yeah. it's really interesting when you see this that Really, any any attempt to refute the thesis actually ends up proving the thesis, and that shows you really something. I think about the way human beings, almost as a structure, like our mechanism, right, is set up to go towards truth and thinking, and and that sort of thing. Albeit we're corrupt, right? Yeah, we're, we're fallen, but but nevertheless, it's kind of like we're a. Uh, we were we were a, a finely uh, crafted uh, machine, right? <laughs> that has fallen into disrepair and and, and so forth. Um, but still, the machine is good, right? It's, it's yeah, it's it's towards truth, right? But in any event, the uh, I think that that's the the that that premise is just correct, right? That ultimate questions resolve into questions about goodness, reality, and truth. And you know this happens anytime you yeah. anytime you evoke the the claim that something should or should not be done, right? So I want to make that very clear to uh, to our audience. Yep. If you say this should be done, this should not be done, you are talking about the good, right? Mm-hmm. You're mm-hmm. making a claim about what's desirable to be done, what's desirable not to be done, right? Or what should not be done, or what's undesirable, right? Uh, everything from you know we should feed the starving kids in Africa to you shouldn't get a divorce to uh, you should um, um, uh, take better care of yourself or something like that right yeah. all of those things right are judgments about the good they presuppose right an understanding of what is the good and again this Socrates is so good at this right he you know people will say well you should do this you should do that right in the dialogues yeah. and he'll say oh. I am so I'm so blessed to be in the presence of someone who must have the knowledge of the good, 
Right? <laughs> how could you form a judgment about what should or should not be done unless you already know the good? You must be very wise, right? And of course, then Socrates. Oh, no wonder this guy was killed. No wonder. Was killed. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then Socrates proceeds to show that they actually don't know what they what they're doing, but logically, he's right. Yeah, if you make a judgment that uh, our current immigration uh, policies are good or that our current immigration policies are bad, right? Regardless of which side you're on, you're presupposing an idea about the good, right? Yeah. Presupposing that you know, right, uh, the good. And that, you know, really goes across the board, whether we're talking about, you know, marriage, friendship, uh, vocation, uh, political affiliation, uh, religious commitments, all those sorts of things, right? All of those presuppose, right, a standard of the good. You know, I should commit my life to Jesus, right, and uh, uh, that kind of thing, or I should become an accountant. Well, those are obviously at different levels, right, in terms of their importance, but they both presuppose an idea of the good, right? So, you know, a good exercise here, an effective exercise is to think whenever you're dealing with something like this is to ask you why, why is this desirable to be done, right? That gets at uh, the the question of the good, right? Um, again, you know, some sometimes our choices are going to be, you know, not less important than others. Um, but you know, your your religious commitments, your vocation, your political affiliation, the kinds of people you decide to be friends with, right? All yeah. of those are, you know, um, uh, ref- are are sort of life shaping and culture forming, and presuppose, right? Uh, a notion of uh, the good. Often, though, you know, those those ideas about the good really back up into what we think about reality, right? Yeah. I actually really kind of like the atheist little motto or slogan you see some advertisement. This is the only life you get. Enjoy it, you know? And I'm kind of like, have you ever seen that? Like, like some yeah, version yeah, yeah. of that, you know, I kind of like it, you know, because I'm sort of like, you know, you know, from their point of view, that kind of makes some sense, you know, like, I mean, if I don't share their worldview, I think that they're wrong, that this isn't the only life we get. Uh, I think there's a, you know, particular judgment and a last, a second judgment, right? And, and we have uh, immortal life for good or ill. Um, yes. You know, um, so, um, you know, I think they're, they're fundamentally wrong because I think they're wrong about the nature of reality, right? Yeah. But if I shared their view of reality, I might, maybe not, but I might sort of be an Epicurean. I might say, hey, <laughs> let's have a good time, you know, because this is it. You know, um, maybe I'd be a moderate Epicurean because I don't want to cause myself too much pain. Right. <laughs> but, you know, you might be a moderate Epicurean because this is all there is, you know, or, yeah. or something like that. Um, so but really, it's important, right? If you think that, you know, um, um you know, that, that there is no God, that there is no soul, that's going to impact your view of the good, right? If you do yeah. think there's a God, right, then it might even make sense for you to be a martyr. I mean, you think about the martyrdoms, right, in the ancient church. In some ways, they're either, they're, they're like, either they're absurd or heroic. That, yeah, there's no middle ground there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, either it's, <laughs> because really you want to say, look, just burn the incense of the emperor and, go, and get on with your life. What does it matter? You don't right? have to mean it. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to mean it. And you can just, I mean, you're going to go, you're going to go get tortured, right. Or eaten by lions because you won't burn a little incense. Yeah. Right? I mean, it seems foolish unless God is real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, and that goes to really then your worldview, right. Your, your view of reality itself. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, if you even want to kind of step 
away from the that perspective just ask the question do you think that purpose and meaning are real right that they're yeah. in reality well you know uh that's going to fundamentally shape what you think like we are in a society now where we don't think of meaning and purpose as embedded within reality yes right? yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're idealist right in that sense Right. We think of meaning and purpose as something up here, something we create with the mind. Right. Yeah. Uh, that means, right, that we can define ourselves as whatever the heck we want. Right. We can call whatever we want. We can say, yeah, you, know, you just made yourself God. That's, that's, that's right. essentially what you did. <laughs> that's right. So you're going to have a fundamentally different view about what you should do. It, see, if you think that there is an objective purpose in, in, the, in reality, then you're going to say, oh, I need to conform to that purpose. Yeah, right. yeah. There's a path for me laid out and I need to sure. cultivate myself in a way that allows me to follow that purpose. Um, yeah, a great, a great fundamental, exa- fundamental a great ex- difference. Yeah, a great example of this is uh, a couple of years ago, uh, the UK established a ministry of loneliness. You can go look it up. It's, it's right. absolutely fascinating. And, you know, they established this new ministry of loneliness because they said it because they said that it, they 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 had some polls and they they were looking at some um mental health data and all these things they were saying that it, there was a there was a poll that was like nine out of ten britons uh don't think that there's any ultimate purpose or meaning to life right. yeah. nine out yeah. of ten and it was a you know the it was like you know below the age of you know 20 to 40 or something like that it's terrible so I mean, you're talking yeah i mean so i mean like here you have a significant group of the population that has a view of reality that is uh that is fundamentally flawed right right and yeah. it's and it's causing huge problems right uh, and to the point where they have to establish an entire ministry mm-hmm. uh dedicated to helping these folks find meaning and find purpose and, yeah. and, and all of these things uh and again a lot of that goes back to like you said you know there's 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 a design there yeah, maybe, right? they're, they're, yeah, maybe what they should do is put some philosophy in their curriculum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, that's interesting. Yeah, and 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 devastating. And I'm sure the situation is maybe not quite as extreme in the U.S., but probably close. Um, the uh, uh, in terms of yeah, that idea like there's no purpose or meaning to life, right? I mean, our ancestors never thought that. Most of them never thought that yeah. way. Yeah, it's yeah. one of the key distinctions, I think between contemporary culture and ancient cultures. Uh, and this is true transculturally, right? If you're talking about, mm-hmm. say, China or India or uh, places like that, uh, Japan, you know, they, in their ancient societies, had the idea that there's an objective meaning and purpose, right? Yeah. Um, and certainly uh, in Western civilization, whether Christian or pre-Christian, right? Uh, they still would have thought there's some, you know, meaning and purpose embedded uh, uh, within um reality right and you know to say that uh that's one of those things right? that's an ultimate question See, that's a question yeah. about reality and being and the way you answer that question has an enormous impact on the way you see the world of course but also on your understanding of what's good right 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 and um and then logically i'll just i'll just touch on this quickly because i, I know we need we've got a lot to cover but um logically the next set of questions the next ultimate question that opens up is the question of truth right yeah. you know you can say okay well i've got the good figured out because the good or at least some of the good you know some of it figured out because of the way it relates to my view of reality but then there's the question of well how do you know your view of reality is true 
right? Yeah. Like, you know, and, and that, that really pushes you into what in philosophy we call, you know, the criteria problem or the mm-hmm. standard problem. Like, what is your criteria of truth? What is the method by which you come to know the, uh, the answer to these questions? Yeah. Uh, you know, where does experience fit in there? What is reason? Where does science? What about religion? All of that, you know, plays into that question. Now, I think interestingly, all three of these questions are interconnected. Do you, does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Right. Even when we look at, you know, the definition of truth, you know, truth is that which is in accord with reality, right? right. So you, yeah. If you want to know what's true, you have to understand what reality is. That's right. And then you can make statements about it and you make propositions and things like that. That's and, right. And reality that, reality yeah. is the judgment reality is the standard of truth yeah so right. and then out of that you can develop a notion of what's good right and yeah. how you should live right so in uh, those three ultimate questions in the study of philosophy broadly speaking are gathered under three headings right uh that's ethics uh metaphysics and epistemology right mm-hmm. ethics you know studies the good metaphysics uh studies your view of reality and epistemology sorry for the gigantic word but epistemology studies your view about knowledge and truth right um so sorry for the big big phrase big words here right uh the the technical language but um those are the categories it goes under right and that pushes you towards you know recognizing the reality and importance of ultimate questions right yeah is what really pushes you towards recognizing that you really must become a philosopher right at least in the ancient sense by saying that i don't mean that you need to get a phd in philosophy in fact i would discourage you from doing that (laughs) (laughs) okay what i do mean is what is what the ancients meant by it and what you know the the term literally means and that is um you should become a lover of wisdom right yeah you know, sometimes people ask me, like, well, why should I study philosophy? Like, well, do you want to be a fool? Right? <laughs> do you want to be wise? <laughs> right? I mean, you know, like the, at some point you say, look, this is about wisdom. Of course you should, uh, you should pursue it. And I think that's, you know, in its most basic fundamental uh, sense, you know, all of us should be uh, lovers of wisdom. We should pursue wisdom, uh, pursue philosophy, right? And it's, meant, sh- for, and it, and it's meant for everybody. I mean, look sure. at... I mean, look at look at all of uh, uh, popular movie movie culture within the past mm. twenty years. Uh, there's so many shows that have the wise janitor, right? Mm. That 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 helps everybody mm. out, right? Mm. Uh, the wisdom wisdom is for for everybody. Doesn't matter. Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. Yeah, wisdom I mean, wisdom's for everybody, and everybody's called because again because of our nature, because of the way yeah. we are. We're called to think. We're okay. called to desire to know the truth, to mm-hmm. to understand reality and to cooperate with it, right? Right, sure. I mean, we may have maybe different capacities and different opportunities. Sure. Right. Um, but um, you know, if you're uh a, a, you know, an accountant and a father or a mechanic and a father, and you know, all that, you don't have maybe as much time, you know, as a philosophy professor, right, to spend reading the republic, but you should still be a lover of wisdom, right? Yeah, uh, that is, you should pursue wisdom uh, as much as, again, your circumstances and capacity allow. Um, I think, you know, you think about the opposite. Well, if you're not going to pursue wisdom, you're going to you're going to hate wisdom. You're going to be ignorant of wisdom. You're going to be someone who is foolish. You know, the Bible holds out to us. Right. Mm-hmm. This that, this 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 tension between the fool and the wise man. Right. Right. Folly. And, yeah. And it's really, you know, it's really key, right? Either you're somebody who loves wisdom 
uh, or uh, you're not. There's a lot of different things, of course, what you could say about wisdom, but I think for our purposes, it's sufficient to say that wisdom is the habit of forming sound, rational judgments about the ultimate questions, right? Yeah. The man who is wise, and this is what Socrates is holding out to us, you know, um, and, and certainly the Stoics would have held out, is the, the the wise man is the person the is the person who has judged well, yeah. rigorously, thoughtfully, right about the good and about reality and about truth, right? They haven't they haven't done it in a sloppy way. They haven't the uh, but they they've done it in a way that's that's examined, right? Going back to yeah. what we begin with with the examined life, they've they've looked at the ultimate questions. They've considered them seriously. They've drawn on the best resources and formed rational judgments uh, about those ultimate questions. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and we know this from experience, too. I mean, this is something that can easily be tested in the laboratory of life, right? <laughs> like, uh, you know, how many we, we've all made, you know, rash decisions. And mm-hmm. upon two seconds of reflection, we're like, That's crap, right. I should have done something else. That's right. Like, we, 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 <laughs> we understand that. The, the the things we do they they require this examination mm-hmm. the difficult part though the difficult part though is to have the the discipline mm-hmm. to have the kind of the 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 foresight to say i need to think about these questions beforehand and this is what i want to encourage all our listeners uh if, if, if you, if you're not there yet, if you are, I think, one of the, I think you are because you're listening to this, <laughs> um, but, but, it, but to, to have that discipline to say, it's good. It's one of the things that's good is for me to have um, uh, opinions about what is good, what is true, what is, what is reality. Mm. It's good for me to, to seek, uh, to seek to find answers to those ultimate uh, questions, because uh, like you said, they're, they're, these questions are unavoidable. That's true. They That's form, good. yeah. They form so much of how you're going to live your life mm-hmm. and how you are going to make further decisions. Absolutely. That, that that it's absolutely imperative that we that we have some sort of uh um even if it's basic, right? It's just true. some sort of uh um answer uh to these ultimate questions. That's right. Yeah, and I think you know, you really almost uh Jason can't press the point about unavoidability enough, right? Yeah. Uh, because you know, one reaction to this is like, look, man, I don't have time for this. I got, yeah. you know, I got some bills to pay, you know, the wife, I got to go to the stupid birthday party for this, you know, kid or whatever, you know, it's like, I just don't have time for this. Right. Yeah. This is not actually what's important. Right. Um, and I think what you want to say in response to that, right. Is that you're saying, I don't have time for this means that you think that those things that exclude your time for it are more important. Yeah. Which implies a judgment about the good, right? <laughs> yeah. See what I'm saying? Right. Like, you know, it's, I always think it's so funny when people say, Oh, I, I can't go to church. <laughs> right. You know, I, I just can't get there. I mean, it's like, it's like, an, it's like, you know, I mean, if you're a Catholic and go to mass, it's like what, 55 minutes, maybe. Yeah. Um, you know, I just can't get, can't work in those 55 minutes on Sunday. And I'm like, and the same person spends like four hours in the gym. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Like six days a week. Yeah. Yeah. Your life <laughs> is telling me yeah. what you think is important. 
Yeah. Right. Your life is telling me what you think is the good. And that's the key you cannot get away from. Yeah. You cannot get away from the fact that your decisions, your beliefs, your relationships all presuppose or imply a judgment about the good. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Um, that's just, you just can't avoid that. Uh, and similarly with all of your beliefs, right? They're all going to end up resolving into something that is related to the good, to your view of reality, or to your understanding of the truth, right? If your response is, well, Dr. Smith, that's a bunch of crap. Well, you're telling <laughs> you're, you're, that judgment presupposes, I'm like, oh, okay, good. By crap, I take it, you mean false. All right, great. So you, if you, if you know that my, judge, my claim here is false, then you must know what is true. Right. right. You yeah. must have some understanding of the truth. Right. So you see, please, you please share it with me. <laughs> That's right. You just can't get away from this. Right. Yeah. Um, even if you roll your <laughs> eyes and say, I don't, this is silly. I don't have time for it. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you say something like, well, science has answered all these questions. Well, that's just, you don't know anything much if you think that. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I mean, science is a very good method for answering certain kinds of questions. Right. Right. Uh, and, uh, and within that domain, uh, it should be pursued and valued. Um, but science cannot answer questions about, uh, the, the ethical, for example. Right. Right. Uh, I mean, it, you know, you hear, or the no nature end. of love or yeah, the nature of love, I mean, you hear to no so end, many... you know, this, uh, follow the science. Right. And leaving aside the particular context in which that emerges, the, the, you can't follow the science because the science doesn't tell you where to go. Right. That, that yeah. the, like judgments about what should or should not be done are ethical judgments. They have to do with value. They have to do with notions of the good and the desirable science yeah. can tell you if you engage in this behavior, right. Then here is a likely outcome. Right. But that you should avoid that outcome is a judgment about the good. Right. Right. Science has no way of picking up on that. Yeah. Um, Similarly, you know, um, science presupposes a world that's rational, that's consistent, uh, in which um, sensations tell you something about reality, right? All that sort of thing, a quantifiable world. Well, all yeah, of that, it's knowable. Right? The fact that it's even knowable. Yeah, that's right. That's right? intelligible. That's, exactly. yeah. yeah. So, you know, the, that's not to say anything. That's not in any way to say to criticize science. It's just to say, look, it's, it's limited, and it presupposes certain things such that it can't be the final investigator, right. Of these right. questions. It doesn't ultimately resolve these questions. It can resolve some questions, but yeah. not the ultimate questions. Right. And so, yeah, and that's, I think that's the key point there is that science cannot answer the ultimate questions. That's right. right. That's right. The ones, that's right. the ones that are, that are, that are necessary for, your in your interior life and i and i think even to go back to you know even the 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 maxim from socrates right the unexamined life is not worth living even when you look at uh spiritual practices within religious orders almost mm. all religious orders have daily examination of conscience sure yeah <laughs> they 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 understand uh -huh. the value of of that examination and it's not this, you know, divine navel gazing where you're just kind of looking within yourself to see how you think you did, but uh -huh. you're taking, you're taking reality as God has designed it, right? You're taking the 10 commandments, those, those absolutes, you're taking those, uh, um, you're taking the 10 commandments, the beatitudes, all these things, right. and you're judging your life according to that reality. 
Right, right. It's right. not this, you know, divine navel gazing. So, I mean, even within, you know, our, our Catholic faith, there's uh, uh, this this maxim is built into the spiritual life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's a that's a great example, uh, uh, Jason. I totally agree. Um, and you know, it's a good uh, um, it's a it's a good indication, right, of the gravity, right, of yeah. of the situation. I think. Um, you know, one other thing, and this is sort of indicated a little bit by the allegory of the cave. Uh, one yeah. of the, one of the reasons to kind of think about the importance of, of this examination, uh, which is to say religious orders carry out, um, is, uh, to, um, to think about the fact that you're going to make your decisions are, are, are going to, to reveal a judgment about the good, right? Yeah. Uh, and likely are going to con- uh, reveal, disclose judgments about um, being and about the truth. But if you haven't done that work yourself, right? That is, if you haven't examined your life, right? Then you could ask yourself, and I think it's a good question, where do my judgments about the good come from? <laughs> right? Like if I haven't really spent the, spent the work, yeah. put in the work to think about, the good and what's truly good or what, you know, what's my ultimate standard of truth or something like that. Well, where, where does it come from? Right. Cause I've got one. Well, the, yeah. the sad news is it probably comes from um, the, what Plato would have called the many, right. That is, it comes from your culture, right. Your society, it comes yeah. from Facebook. It comes from TV. It comes from stupid stupid celebrities right i mean you know what i mean like like, yeah. like why should i give a give any concern about what cheryl crow thinks about anything other than music <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah. but, you know people really do like oh the, the, the celebrities you know like they they're influenced by um you know uh what celebrities uh think what beyonce thinks like, who, who cares right yeah um you know the but we pick those beliefs up or, or from our friends or from our peers, right? You know, we pick up these beliefs. Um, and in fact, this is even worse than that. There's a whole <laughs> discipline called marketing, right? Yeah. And it's designed to use human psychology, right? To manipulate your psyche, to form certain judgments of, I really should go on that expensive vacation. If I don't, <laughs> I'm letting my family down. Yeah. Right? <laughs> you know, that kind of thing, right? To manipulate your mind to make certain choices that'll you know help that business or whatever. Yeah. And then of course you could also then take it over into uh, political things or or social things, but we're constantly being sold messages, right? Yeah. About, about what is good. That's and, right. and again, about so you know, and while they may be, you know, a couple of degrees down, they do have to do with these with the big three you know the the three ultimate kind of categories we were talking about here yeah i mean very often they 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 push us in a direction that's materialistic consumeristic those sorts of things right Uh, or vain right yeah Uh, yeah. you know all that kind of thing uh, in terms of vanity um so you know when you're thinking about all this here's the thing is you can we're all going to form judgments Mm -hmm. we're all going to be involved in um, you know, dealing with the the true, the good, uh, and being right. Um, 
if you don't examine that for yourself, you're just going to pick up what your society or some marketing team and some business or some political campaign is selling you. And that yeah. means that like operating up here in your life, right? It's going to be a whole set of ideas that you didn't think of yourself, right? Mm-hmm. And, and are likely false, right? And you're just being manipulated into following so that your life yeah. almost is not even your own. You're just being kind of drug around by ideas and passions that you've inherited from your broader culture. So I think, I think a good place uh, for, for people to start is, you know, to understand that, you know, and examine your, and examining your life, um, like Socrates is saying, it's, don't think of this as something as, okay, I have to do all of the work. I have to do this. No, like, like anything else, whether, whether you're learning how to, to, to work on a car, to, to Mm -hmm. woodwork or something like that, you need good guides and there's, there's plenty out there. And this is kind of, I think the first step to, to, to moving towards this examined life or, you know, I need, I need a guide, right? Uh, Who am I going to choose for this? Am I going to choose, like you said, it starts with that basic choice. Am I just going to allow the culture to feed me? Right. Um, because I'm lazy and I don't want to, I don't really don't want to read or research anything like that, or right. even listen to podcasts or, or watch YouTube videos or something. <laughs> right. Or, or am I going to be very deliberate in the, uh, in the guides that I choose? Sure. You know, so, you know, um, so this is, I think the, 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 the first point to, to, to look into is who are going to be my guides. And the, mm. luckily, you know, if you're, if you're Catholic, the church is full uh, of saints who draw upon 2000 years and more uh, because mm-hmm. they even go back to the ancients, Augustine, Aquinas, sure. they all go back to sure. ancient philosophers and stuff. So you, you have, you have uh, just a plethora of, of, of good guides to guide you in leading an examined life. Right, um, right, right. And for those that are not Catholic, look at the Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have just tons of, tons of, of holy men and women, uh, who understood what was uh, true, good, and beautiful, and sought that above mm-hmm. everything else, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. above everything else. So that's kind of you know I think I think a good place to begin is you know sure be deliberate in the guides you're going to choose. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying you have to throw out your TV, but I'm saying you know understand what what's going on there. <laughs> Throwing out your TV would not be a bad idea. But <laughs> just saying, you know, it's saying. not necessary. But... <laughs> All right, Dr. Smith. Any 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 final thoughts or comments? Sure. Um, I think that the alternative, right, to living an examined life, right? Yeah. You know, I, I I come back to this all the time because if you don't, if you're not loving wisdom, then you're not loving wisdom, right? That means you're you're not on the path. You're not on the path of thinking about what's true and good and real. Mm-hmm. And that means that your judgments about those things, which do guide your shape your life and form culture are going to be baseless, groundless, and probably false. And the, and the, and the, the real tragedy of that at its deepest level is yeah. that means that you're going to waste your life, right? Yeah. Like you're going to, you, you've got a life. I mean, kind of go back to that atheist thing. You got one life, right? And uh, I would take the little bit opposite view of them. You got one life. Um, take it seriously, right? That doesn't mean you shouldn't enjoy yourself, of course, but take it seriously and don't waste it, Right. Yeah. What a thing to, to go through your whole life, never really following a sound judgment about what's real, right? Yeah. Instead, living in a way that's deluded 
about the truth and about goodness and about reality. And so you end up living like, you know, Plato depicts in the allegory of the cave among shadows of reality. You spend your whole time pursuing things that aren't actually worthy of pursuit. Yeah. You have ideas that are mostly false. Right. Um, And you've basically uh, wasted your life and lived like a fool. That's what it means to live like a fool. Right. Is to waste your life, to be deluded about what's good. You know, and uh, the uh, Proverbs uh, plays this out so well for us. Yeah. Uh, You know, you see the young man who, who wastes his, his resources, his love, his time for relationships, all that, right. On folly, right. On a, on delusion. Right. And so I think you really, you know, what's starkly in front of you when you're thinking about philosophy, thinking about the pursuit of wisdom is this, do I want to waste my life and live in delusion or do I want to live a life that is meaningful and impactful um, and realistic and rational and sane, right? That's really, those are really the options I think in front of you. And again, that doesn't mean you need to become uh, an academic philosopher, uh, but that does mean that you need to engage with these questions. You pointed out the idea, and I think it's a very practical and good idea, Jason, is in terms of imitating the saints and, and, and looking at those examples. I would also say, you know, there, there, we are both blessed and cursed to live in the information age. Uh, and so, you know, we're cursed because we get false messages all the time, right? Uh, we're just bombarded by lies and delusion. Um, but at the same time, we also have an enormous number of resources, right? Yeah. Uh, so even if you, you aren't going to become an academic philosopher, well, there's Catholic Studies Academy, right? And, you know, you can study as much philosophy as you would like in our courses. You can listen to this podcast, of course, uh, you know, uh, about half or maybe even a little more than half of our, cor- our podcasts are on philosophy. Um, and then there's other great resources. I mean, you just go to YouTube, you can find good, solid lectures on philosophy yeah. all day long, right? Um, in addition to that, you know, we have cheap books, you know, uh, there's uh, all sorts of books. I, I just have like, just a couple quick one, one really great one, you know, uh, Joseph Pieper, you know, uh, Leisure is the Basis of Culture. Great book, right? Yeah. I mean, it tells you a lot about philosophy. Pieper is a great uh, popularizer of philosophy, right? He's easy to read. He's a good writer. Uh, Absolutely. Sort of thing. Yeah. Um, there's another great little book I have just sitting right here uh, called The Question of God. And it's about C.S. Lewis and Sigmund Freud debate, God, love, sex, and the meaning of life. It's a great book. I've read it several times. It's yeah. by um, uh, Dr. Nicoli. Uh, you can find it. It's it, it, There's a ton of books that are available that are like that, right? Yeah. Uh, I always encourage people if they want to get started, you know, read, read a little bit of the early dialogues, you know, from Socrates or from Plato, you know, the, the Euthyphro, um, the Apology. Those are great. And then also, you know, read uh, Epictetus, right? He has a little thing called the handbook it's a great little text that anybody can read i wouldn't say that i agree with everything epictetus has to say but it's good for your mind right it's good to he'll help you think about these matters right and again marcus Aurelius would be another one right uh his meditations yeah yeah, his meditations are great you know for stimulating your thoughts so we live in a time where we have the resources available to us to engage in philosophy or at least to engage in thinking about truth and reality and goodness in a serious way um and uh the, if you don't right then you're likely to waste your life 
<laughs> All right, Dr. Smith, that, that's, uh, I think you've given our listeners a lot to think about. And I, and I, would, I just want to encourage everybody, you know, write that down, put that little maxim somewhere. The unexamined life is not worth living, uh, um, you know, or put up, you know, um, folding sheens. Life is worth living, right? You know, <laughs> right. Uh, but, but, but the kind of life we're going to live is going to be based on uh, the way that we understand goodness, reality, and truth. So it's important for us to seek those things and to seek God above all else, uh, forsake everything else uh, for the sake of that. So um, in the meantime, I want to thank all of our listeners uh, for, uh, thanks for listening. Uh, check out all of our content over at catholicstudiesacademy.com. God bless.